0: Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now here is Teresa Rowe.
1: Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and our hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Reverend Robin T. Jennings. He's the author of May You Live in Christ Spiritual Growth Through the Vision of St. Peter, The Door to Renewal Spiritual Growth Through the Mind of St. Paul. And his newest book, "A Letter to the Church and the Next Generation: Spiritual Growth Through the Witness of James." I'm excited to hear all about it, Robin. I I have read your book, and I want our listeners to hear all about it. Um, but let let me go on and tell them a little bit more about you. So, with a lifetime of experiences as an ordained Episcopal minister, and how long were you a minister, uh, Robin?
0: Well, I was at uh, St. Francis in the Fields in Harrods Creek, which is just outside of. Lowell, I was there for uh, uh 30 plus years. 33 wow, years, plus okay, rectum, which sounds like a long time, but in many respects, time flies. To it does, well, it, yeah, it flies. That. But well, part of it was in Memphis, Tennessee. okay.
1: Mm-hmm. We, you write, you teach, you speak. God has given you uh, the brain power to do all all of the above. <laughs> and um, I definitely want to talk about this new release that you have. So um, this is your third book in the three volume series on spiritual growth. So if you would, I would love for you to give our listeners a summary of your first two books in the series and the relevance of them for us today.
0: Well, sure. And, and the title sort of gives it away, Teresa, the first <laughs> book, which is May You Live in Christ, Spiritual Growth Through the Vision of St. Peter. The book is about vision and the importance and, and priority that needs to be placed on our vision for our life. You know, you tell me about your vision, and then you're going to be talking to me about your life, your family, your community, you know, the way you walk and talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, vision vision is that guiding, um, uh, Uh, image and principle that leads us. And so, may you live in Christ uh, really came out of uh, Peter's uh, some archaeological findings and discoveries where this phrase, may you live in Christ, Vivitas in Christo, was found uh, repeatedly around where theoretically Peter's um, burial site uh, was uh, discovered. And I can talk all day about all of this, except for now uh, to look at that primarily as a greeting an early christian greeting may you live mm-hmm. in christ mm-hmm. that's that's our vision today Teresa. and yes. that's what's got me so excited is you know companies and businesses corporations that go through all this time thinking about their vision or their mission statement or whatever and they put it on an elevator and refrigerator and that's That's right Um, yes and and you forget it but this is this is for real this cuts us right to the heart and core of our being is may you live in christ and you think about the persecution and all that the church was going through in those early uh centuries and here this is how they greeted and hugged and loved one another is live in christ oh Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful statement and vision for our life and mm -hmm. the life to come so,
1: Robin, uh, let me, me ask you something about.
0: <laughs> let me
1: let me ask you something about that right now. Yeah, um, you know, without vision, the word of the Lord says people yes. perish for lack of. And mm. so, if someone feels like they don't have that vision yet, and they're listening right now, or maybe down the road they're listening, how would you explain to them that there is a vision for them to live in Christ, and how do they get
0: there? Sure. Well, and that was again, and I'm not just quoting the book or going back to the book, but that certainly was the the, the importance of the book is that it, it's not necessarily a how-to mm-hmm. book, but it does talk about the importance of receiving a vision and using Peter as a framework. Obviously, he went to the empty tomb, mm-hmm. um, and this is I don't want to say step one, but the resurrection is is obviously the name of our game. I mean, that's where it all begins. And for Peter, that's where the vision began to um, enter into his life, um, where he experienced, and I, and I used his letter, uh, Second Peter, which for some, uh, it's, it's a, not an unknown letter, but it's not usually referred to, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful passage and uh, work where he writes about his, uh, God's divine power has given us everything. Mm-hmm. You know, not just a few things, not just one thing, but he's given us everything. And this is the resurrection, and this is the story of eternal life that, that we pick up on with Peter as we start to go through his life and the way he experiences this, you know, from his first uh not refusal, but his denial of Jesus, when Jesus says, Follow me, not me. You know, I'm a sinner. Don't come near me. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of to now uh receiving this vision that he has for life. And then actually uh, seeing it uh, in, in, in the workings of Jesus. And for today's readers to be able to follow scripture, to follow Jesus, to follow the ways in which he, he not only uh, tells parables, but uh, uh, provides healing, um, you know, that the, uh, gives us examples of, um, of, of a way to live uh, the fullness, the abundance of life, as Jesus refers to it, uh, this life with God. Um, well, so I could go on and on, but then also <laughs> I think the importance of then living out this vision in a way that it, it, it uh, others can receive it as well. So it's not just something that we hoard or hold on, you know, for dear life. It's something yes. to shared. Uh, which we'll get to them when we talk about witness. <laughs> okay. sorry, you Got me off track there a little bit. Right? <laughs> no,
1: don't it's good my, for everyone to, to hear. Yeah,
0: don't push my button. I just get started. Right.
1: <laughs> well, everyone needs to have vision. It's so yes. important that we live in Christ and that everything we're doing is for the glory of God and not for self. So yeah. I think that's real important. Off you go. In yeah. your second book that you second wrote in this series. Book, yes,
0: it's Paul. And, um, and. <laughs> Peter, Paul, and the third one is not Mary. So, <laughs> but, you know, and we'll talk about James in a second. But Paul is important, uh, obviously important for the, the the Christian, but also I think uh, here again for this understanding of renewal today. Um, mm-hmm. People so often talk about something like a new normal. You know, well, tell me what normal is. <laughs> You know, before they start talking about a new normal, or they talk about reinventing themselves, you know, and and the word renewal has sort of gotten lost in the shuffle. And for us, a new life in Christ, boy, oh boy, that's exciting. Now, that's where our conversation begins with Paul and um, this this door to renewal. And it's basically, um, you'll see on the cover of that book is a painting by uh, Holman Hunt. You may have seen it around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, where Jesus is the light of the world yeah it's the picture of Jesus knocking on the door um, and then underneath it, what's so beautiful is the the caption from revelation um three twenty uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock um, you know if if you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. I mean it's it's here we go uh is the story again of renewal that it begins with Jesus knocking at the door and saying hello. <laughs> Anyone there? <laughs> you know. And yes. uh, this, is, this is where it begins and where the conversation really takes off. And um, uh, again, the understanding of renewal, to see it from the standpoint of the renewal of the mind and how important that is. And, and first, as I say in this series of, of books, is vision. And the vision then begins to tap into this renewal of the mind uh, in Christ.
1: And that so, is so important. Oh, my money. goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. that's And and people need to hear more of that. I mean, that that's it. The renewal of the mind right there. Yes. Um, that That is so important that we bring our mindset before the Lord. And in today's world, everything that's going on. Set we, your
0: mind on things above. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right.
1: God yeah. has given us the answers in his word, and it's to yes. renew our mind. So yeah. we will get to your new book eventually. Okay. <laughs>
0: thank you teresa yes
1: yes because we do want to talk about that but tell us where we can um visit you um you know on social media where can we find oh, sure.
0: you well certainly facebook and, and instagram and, and linkedin and all those but also um i have a website and um it it really is it's it's www.robin r-o-b-i-n-t as in tom jennings.com mm-hmm. i thought, um, trying to, well, I am saying this, but, but please, if you if you have listeners who are interested in signing up, uh, you'll see my blog site, and mm-hmm. those blogs are really um, have been fun. I've got a large list of, of people who, again, through the pandemic, who have been following me on my blog. But also now what we've started is if you sign up, um, you receive a, a free Uh, a four-week journal that I've written in particular. Oh, nice. I think it's something for the new year, for the renewal Mm -hmm. of mind to help people, you know, again, capture the vision that's so much a part of of life and, and experience this renewal that's taking place as God... Does some work in us, you know. I often say, before you can do the work of God, God needs to do some work in you. Well, let's look and see where God's at work in our lives. That's right.
1: That's that is that is wonderful. We need to take a really quick break, okay? Right here, we'll be back with more Shape by Faith. So everyone, stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and our hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is the Reverend Robin T. Jennings, and we're going to talk about his book today, A Letter to the Church and the Next Generation, Spiritual Growth Through the Witness of James. Um, I love your book, Robin. It it is so insightful. It's packed with wisdom and some really you know, good fundamental things that we all need to know and be reminded of. So I wanted to ask, why did you feel it was important to address the next generation?
0: Oh, Teresa, that's um, a conversation almost in and of itself, but um, statistically, uh, Barna Research, and that's the research wing, really, for the, the church, the evangelical church in particular, Barna, Um, like a Gallup poll or Pew Research does um, all kinds of statistical, uh, provides statistical data on on a wide variety of issues, but particularly the demographics in this next generation. And sadly, this next generation is just not, uh, does not have the church on the radar. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not there, we're not there. And, um, you know, there were so many myths that we grew up with or I grew up with, you know, when you go off to college, you'll come back someday. (laughs) <laughs> well, right. these kids go off to college, they don't come back. You know, the, the other one was, I think, um, you know, um, when you get married and have children, you'll come back. Well, they're not getting married and they're not having, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a strange dynamic that's at work. Uh, and we as a church really um, need to, um, and, and I say church, in ge- I'm generalizing, because obviously there are other, there are certain churches that, that have really begun to think about next generation issues. But um, for the most part, these kids, and I say kids, I'm talking under 30, um, they're actually younger than my children now, um, but approaching my grandchildren have not had um, any kind of education uh, that that really relates to an understanding of God or Jesus or ethics or the Bible or the spiritual life, things of this sort, much less worship. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a blank slate that we're working with. And uh, that's why, my uh call is to James, who was this first century almost prophet, you know, as he's writing about uh, and that's the letter to the church. It's not my letter to the church, it's James's letter, and Correct. his letter is just powerful. You
1: know, you, discipleship we both know how important that is. Um, when you're maturing as a Christian, even when you become a, a new Christian to have someone come alongside of you and to give you insight and that wisdom and, and, and you can ask them questions. And if you're reading the word, you can, you can ask them and contact them. It, it seems that. You know, when we look around, there's not a lot of that going on. But like you said, no. some churches have done a really good job with that. Yes. But we, as a whole, as a church, have kind of dropped the ball with that. Why do you think that is?
0: Well, in in some respect, it's the church has dropped the ball. But also, in, here again, I'm not just pointing fingers and blaming the culture. But you know, the emphasis, say for instance, on um, oh, a STEM. You know, the 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 science, technology engineering and math, you know, that emphasis uh, that takes place now in our educational system uh, has nothing to do with God. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can be a scientist without God, you can be uh, involved in technology without God, you can be an engineer without God, you know, you can be a teacher without God, a doctor, you don't have to believe in God. I mean, you know, you go down the list, who needs God? You know, so there's that at work. uh, and, And here I haven't even mentioned Hollywood, Teresa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, well, <laughs> or, or the social media or the traditional media or, you know, um, materialism or Madison Avenue, all those other kinds of uh, issues that used to place pressure on um, not only religion and the church, but uh, the understanding of a, a critical uh, look at meaning for life. And so where I'm going with this book, and I think what you're touching on here as far as the church kind of dropping the ball is um, the need for a savior. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes. <laughs> ah, come on. You know, this is where we need to start talking because so many of these kids and sadly, I'm involved in, uh, with a, a faith based um, Christian counseling center here. in Louisville. And I say sadly, from the standpoint, I'm on the board. I'm very much involved. What we're seeing nowadays with these kids is just tragic. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can go through the list. You see the headlines. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. You know everything from uh, the, the 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 drugs to the the homicides. You know that's going on here in Louisville. It's just crazy. Um, so, with that said, you know, what are we? What are we? What are we doing? You know, and and where can the church get involved? And let's start with you know, looking for a savior to to turn this life around.
1: Absolutely. Who who would- <laughs> well, who would you consider to be spiritual mentors? I think people are thinking, well, that's not my place to do that. That's the place of the reverend, the pastor, sure. the priest. You know, it's not my position to do that. So who are spiritual mentors for the next you know, generation?
0: And Teresa, what you just mentioned is really, not, I don't want to say passing the buck, but that, that's how we I have done it for so long. Back to yes. dropping the ball. You know, that's the pastor's job. That's not my job. You know, that's like talking to the golf pro to help me with my golf swing or something. You know. It, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's again, it's a misuse of our faith and our witness and what's been given to us, uh, through our savior. Um, so the, the mentors to me have been, and you can answer this question as well as I, who have been the mentors in your life? You know, mm-hmm. as you start to begin to look at them, I can go back to my seventh grade basketball coach. Yes. In my book, I talked about my aunt, remember, from Central mm-hmm. Kentucky. I mean, she's just, uh, again, there are these people that have come into your life at a particular time and period that speak the truth, provide the word, open your eyes to not only the vision in your life, but the possibility of changing your life or what we would call renewal to then, again, walking hand in hand and now bearing witness yourself as a believer. So mentors can be parents, they can be grandparents. And I, and boy, this is where I'm really calling on grandparents to bring their grandkids to children if the parents aren't going to do You know, the parents may be too tired on Sunday morning. You know, that's what we hear nowadays. Uh, kids have soccer practice on Sunday morning. Find another time you can take them to church. You know, get them exposed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> again, what is taking place that is something that is new to them in many respects, but is the old, old story that they need mm-hmm. to hear.
1: And who isn't tired, Robin? <laughs> it's like, I'm not tired. Too, so I'm just tired. I just, no, we're, our strength is renewed every day. I mean, but we yeah. could all say, oh, we're this or we're that. And again, we're just excusing away, no. um, yeah. you know, but let's get let's get into your book because we can okay. go on and on. OK, so who is James and why is his letter in the Bible worth a deeper reflection?
0: Well, I think in large part, uh, James, again, follows this, is the third volume for me with the importance of bearing witness. And uh, his witness, of course, is to Jesus. And uh, when we start to trace and look back at who James is, it goes anywhere and everywhere from with scholars and academic types to, to looking at James as uh, the, the little brother of Jesus to then there's early iconic icons of of James being an older brother. Now you say, wait a minute, he can't be an older brother, the Virgin Mary, you know, and all that kind of thing. But then that look makes James a stepbrother of mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, that Joseph had had an earlier marriage, his wife had died and he brings his large family to, to Mary. And that's how that explains, you know, he's often, Jesus is surrounded by his brothers and sisters. Um, but then again, I my emphasis here is to look at James as a living link to Jesus, because again, the scholars now are academically or they're, they're saying that they're putting his letter back to probably uh, one of the earliest letters in the New Testament, uh, possibly earlier than Galatians, earlier than Paul's earliest writings, uh, 45, um, oh, wow. 27 um, AD. So that these are really Contemporary letters, writings of of just post uh, uh, resurrection experiences with Jesus. I mean, it's very fresh. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is get, going where you, your question. No, was.
1: you're no, you're you're fine. I just want mm-hmm. I wanted to us to know who James was. So, um, and well, in,
0: in his phrase uh, that that again, I think so many people are familiar with is "Do not be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word." Okay. That sounds again back to your energy
1: <laughs> question action, and your action. vitality. Wait a second, wait, I'm
0: fired. I don't. I can't be a doer. I just want to. I want. I just want to be. You know, that's what yes. it means. No. Well, here the the idea of being a doer of the word. It. I don't want to say it ain't on. Just ain't on you. Uh. It's it. There's being a doer of the word. The word is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not work. Remember, we yoke ourselves to. Him. So, here it's it's a wonderful uh, understanding of being a doer of the word that we could talk through and, and go uh, expand further on. But but the word was um, really a, a philosophical princi- principle. The logos uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. For for our Christology is it's our understanding of our, our, of Jesus. Um, but the word uh, <coughs> was often seen as. Uh, Logos was um, a philosophical principle that provided logic, Mm -hmm. and that's Jesus. That's right. (laughs) That's our understanding, again, of of why this book is important, this letter is important, and why his witness is important, is this this provides us with the logic for living a a logical life, compared to illogical
1: Okay. I'm going to cut in here right now. We're going Go to have to take, I hate to do this, but we're going to have to take done. one more break. So let's take one more break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. <laughs> Welcome to Shape by Faith. And my guest today is Reverend Robin T. Jennings. And you are discussing your third book, A Letter to the Church in the Next Generation. So, Robin, why don't you just give us an overall view of the book and what, what you want us to take away from it? What's most
0: important? Well, I think, Teresa, what's Uh, Most important, from my perspective now, uh, I don't want to say as an old man, but as a guy that has grown and matured, not only through the church, but through uh, so many um, different changes in our our world over the last uh, 50, 60, 70 years. um, Christianity needs a witness. Remember, (laughs) I'm going back to Marvin Gaye. Remember, can I get a witness? Yes. Um, If you're a soul (laughs) singer. But but this is where, again, I think, can I get a witness? Uh, James seems to be asking. He's trying to get witnesses uh, to the early church who will bear witness not only to the power of the resurrection and the need for a savior in our life, but um, to look at um, uh, this conversation as helping to build one's spiritual life forever. Um, When I uh, grew up, Uh, you weren't supposed to talk about um, politics or religion or sex, remember, in conversations with others, polite conversations. Yes. Now you can talk about sex, you can talk about politics, you can talk about anything you want to talk about, but no one's talking about religion. And I think that's that's where, again, the silence, the silence uh, needs to be broken. Um, And also what one of the uh, areas that, that I find in, important as we start to talk about bearing witness is who's listening. I mean, because this younger generation really is all ears, mm-hmm. they've not heard a lot of this before. And, and it's not just me talking, even though I'm doing a lot of talking right now, but but to be, asked, be able to ask the questions, to be able to get the conversation started, um, to provide a, a mentor, uh, the role of being a mentor, um, Really, is a person who brings wisdom to the conversation. Mm, that's I, good. That's. I hope that is what you. No, wondering. it is.
1: And okay. you know what, Robin? We should all be doing that. If Thanks. if we are if we are living in Christ, and we're setting Him first, and and you know we're walking our faith, we should all be bearing witness to Christ in our jobs, um, in our shopping time, just whenever on social Mm -hmm. media, we should be talking about Christ and the goodness of God and, and what he's done for us and what he does for other people. Mm We, we, we have that responsibility on us to go out and make disciples of the world. Well, you can do it right there where you're at in your Mm -hmm. own community and in your Mm -hmm. own sphere of influence, because each of us have that, but a lot of people are not doing that. You know, there's a lot of world in there, Um, but we should be doing that. We should be doers of the word. And I think people have forgotten, Robin, that the word of God is powerful. It goes out and it accomplishes what God intends for it to accomplish. It is powerful. Our words and and just in praying and using, uh, you know, opening up the word of the Lord and in your prayer time, just pray his scriptures. Yeah. Pray them out loud. I think I think people have forgotten that, oh, God is most powerful because they're seeing so much darkness around them and chaos and confusion and shutdowns and all that. But the God that created us, I mean, he has done so much for us. People need to be alert to that. They need to be awakened. And I think that's what you're doing in this interview. I think that's what you're doing through the books that God has allowed you to do you know, you're bearing witness to Christ um, in the way that God has allowed you to do that. And I also believe he's going to launch you out <laughs> as well uh-huh. to go on out there and speak in person. But, you know, we should all be doing this. We don't have to write a book and we don't no. have to go out there and do public speaking, but we can do it right where
0: we're at. Sure. Well, and I think, too, with this generation, this next generation, they seem so connected to. Uh, technologically speaking and social media speaking, but but it's really a disconnected uh, mm-hmm. generation in terms of relationships. And again, here we go, ultimately with God. And this is where they're looking for bridge builders. And this is where I think mentors uh, really provide um, a very, very necessary uh, uh, role right now uh, mm-hmm. for our faith.
1: You're right. Well, I want everyone to get a copy of your book. So let us know where we can find your book and more information about you.
0: Sure. It's on Amazon, of course. And then um, my uh, website will have it, which is www.RobinTJennings.com. And then uh, Elk Lake Publishing. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Teresa, but it's Mm -hmm. a Christian-based publisher. And what she's doing now is she's going to wrap, the president read all three of the books and wants to wrap all three of these books together in what she calls a spiritual growth category in series. And so that's going to be bring those first two books back to life, which is fun to see, but then also this third book she really loved as well. So with that said, uh, Elk Lake Publishing is the publisher for all three of the books now.
1: Okay, so we're going to close out here, Robin. Thank you so much um, for being my guest. And I want you to come back. And we pray that your, your series, your three volume series, finds much success and gets into the hands of the next generation. But thank you for, for being my guest.
0: Thank you, thank you Teresa. I enjoyed talking.
1: Absolutely. And thank you. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Shape By Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, shape by faith products, and much more. From the cabinet doors and more studio, this.